if you think the pharmaceutical industry doesn't want customers more than they want cures, you're sadly mistaken. The pharmaceutical industry just wants customers. And so if you look at all the ads that come out on television now, right? You've never seen an ad for a new antibiotic. This antibiotic, you're only gonna have to take for five days and it's gonna cure your problem. No, you hear a proton pump inhibitor, something for gastric reflux that you're gonna have to take forever. Here's something to treat your type two diabetes that you're gonna have to take forever. Here's something to treat your depression that you're gonna have to take forever. All of these things just play into what the Esselstyns and, and, and some of these people that are much smarter than me have, have said that, you know, there's no money in dead people and there's no money in well people. All the money is in the middle, in the sick people. And so that, that's what we want to do in, in, the, in the healthcare system is keep you sick. And keep Welcome to the Plant-Based DFW podcast weekly show with Dr. Riss and Maya. Our podcast focuses on lifestyle medicine, which is the use of evidence-based lifestyle therapeutic approaches, such as a whole food plant-based diet, regular physical activity, adequate sleep and stress management to treat, reverse, and prevent the lifestyle-related chronic diseases that are all too prevalent. Every week, we feature physicians, dietitians, health coaches, and everyday people who will share their stories and speak on one of these lifestyle medicine modalities. Before we meet today's guests, let's review our past week. You may have heard me speak about the Grand Canyon Adventure that started on Saturday, February 13th. While we started, we had three teams uh, of participants and completed nearly 70 miles along the Grand Canyon Rim within a week. Remember that this was a virtual event with real physical exercise. We hope that the next time something like this uh, pops up that you'll consider joining us in the future. This week, I will be adding a bonus podcast episode with Dr. David Savger, the founder of the Walk with the Doc organization. We will reflect on the Grand Canyon adventure and the sense of community that it helped build. So as many of you know, Texas was under a powerful winter storm this past week, which caused many of us to lose power. It was a tense experience. And every time we go through something like this, Dr. Riss and I reflect on what we learned and what we can do to continue to prepare uh, for events like these. I really want to thank all of you who reached out and sent us warm messages and checked on us um, via social media. Okay, let's meet Randy Titoni, who is from Oklahoma City and is the director of marketing for the Scott Sabolich Prosthetics Company. We met a few years ago when Dr. Riz's office went over to tour their Dallas facility. Later, we would learn that Randy had been featured in the documentary Eating You Alive. You may remember that we previously had other guests from the film, such as Sean and Dan Muskalak, and also Dr. Jimmy Conway came down to Dallas a couple of years ago to share his story with our group. I will include those links in the show notes. Randy played a huge role in our starting the plant-based DFW organization here in Dallas. And in this episode, we catch up with Randy. We learn more about him. We hear his story of how he got started on a plant-based diet. And we also talk about the workshops that he 
and Dr. Jimmy Conway, along with Andrea Conway, have been offering on a monthly basis in Oklahoma City. We will also discuss the movie, Eating You Alive. I hope that you enjoy this episode. Uh, Welcome, Randy. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you all. And I feel like I'm among a couple of old friends. We haven't seen each other in a while, but when you're in this group, it doesn't matter. You just sort of catch up again. So I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, it's really good to see you again. Before we hear your story of how you went plant-based, I'd love for our listeners to hear how we met. Someone from our office, I believe, in Dallas, I think came back and said, hey, we met this vascular surgeon, and they said they had some interest in diet and, and informing patients about getting healthy and sort of, you know, limb salvage type stuff. And of course, it was right about the time that the documentary Eating You Alive came out. And I was like, let's meet him. So I came down there and we invited Dr. Riz and his office and you over to our office. And I, I think we, we went to dinner and we just sort of started talking about all of this. And then next thing I know, you all had signed up to come to one of our seminars in Oklahoma City. We had that connection because you worked for the prosthetics company. Right. Uh, and of course, I deal with prosthetics a lot in my practice. Actually, you took us out for a tour of, of the place, which we really enjoyed. And my, my whole office did because, you know, in all the years I've been in practice, no one's ever invited us out there. And, you know, we work so closely with them. So it was very fascinating for us to see that. Uh, and then I remember, uh, you know, th- uh, we went to dinner afterwards. Right. Uh, and that's where, you know, we started to make some really strong connections about the whole uh, plant-based diet thing, especially Maya. She can tell you. Well, I didn't bring it up. I think you might have brought it up that we noticed we, you and I were eating the healthier, <laughs> the healthiest dish on the menu. Um, something like a, I don't know, it was a bowl. Like it had quinoa and all that good stuff. And then you pointed it out. And I think what impressed me was through just conversation, you were talking about whole foods and plant-based things like that, that no one else at the table was. And, um, then you made a comment, something like, you seem to know something about this. And I was like, ah, I read this and I'm into that and all of that. So, so then it wasn't about prosthetics anymore. And dinner shifted to whole, the whole uh, nutrition and plant-based nutrition and stuff yeah. like that. Going to the facility and seeing how prosthetics are made, it just seems amazing to me that a person is giving a second opportunity to live their life um, to the fullest through companies like the prosthetic one that you know we visited. I think that was sort of the connection that we met with you all and, and Dr. Riz in his office was that, <clears throat> you know, we really at the end of the day, want the patient, want our friends, our patients, our family members and friends to be healthy. And many times I will go out to a hospital and visit with a patient. And we have a a vascular surgeon here in Oklahoma City who subscribes to a plant-based lifestyle as well. And I'll go out and talk with his patients and the patient will say, yeah, well, Dr. Dr. Stubbs says, if I don't quit smoking, I'm going to lose my other leg. Or if I don't quit eating like I've been eating, I'm going to lose my other leg. And I just sort of look at them like, you know, it's not magic, right? And we want to do everything we can. We have videos, we have books, we have information about lifestyle changes and diet changes. And, you know, I I know that we're preaching from the same songbook all of the time that, you know, we tell patients, we don't want you to go on a diet. We just want you to change your diet, right? And if food is the problem for these things, then 
food can be the, the solution. You know, it's just, it's really not all that difficult. Yeah. And it's nice to have someone like you who we, you know, who we work with, who's also going in and reaffirming the same message uh, and teaching them and, 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 and saying, yeah, yeah, you know, that doctor ain't crazy. Uh, he's got a point. And right. uh, so it's nice for the patients to hear it from different directions, a lot of different, the same message from different people. Limb salvage, you know, we sort of look at it like, you know, it's sort of like cardiologists. Cardiologists really do want people to quit smoking and want people to eat healthier because there's going to be a plenty of people behind them that, that aren't and don't. And so we just, we, you know, we really, really want to do anything we can to prevent someone having amputation. But then we just tell them that the people that do succumb to an amputation, we want them to know that, you know, we're going to do everything we can to improve their quality of life afterwards. And so. Yeah. And that's funny because uh, you and I are both trying to put ourselves out of business from that respect, you know, teach people not to need amputations. And I'm trying to teach people not to need vascular surgeries uh, by the changes in lifestyle and diet. Um, and so I think that's uh, it should be a par very powerful message coming from you and me uh, that we're trying to tell a patient, look, I know I'm the guy who makes the prosthetic for you, uh, but I don't want you to have to have another one. You know, that's exactly right. You know, we, we had a, a guy here and, and he was a, lost his leg below the knee. And, you know, I sort of started hinting to him because he was having a real difficult time. And I said, you know, why don't you try and take a different path? You know, the path that you're on has led you to an amputation. Do something different, right? W whatever it is, let's try and make a lifestyle change so we don't continue down this path and lose the other leg. And so lifestyle changes, as we know, are difficult. And, you know, I, I sort of humbly say that I didn't know a thing about addiction until I went to change my diet. And then I realized the, the true power of addiction and the true power of food addiction. You know, people will ask me all the time, you know, oh, I bet you don't even think about it anymore. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Have, have you been to the mall and walked past Cinnabon? You, you know, th that's just unbelievable how, or, or driven by a, a barbecue restaurant and the, the smell that comes from there. So it, it's, it's really something. And I said, you know, n n no, I, I, I don't, I'm not just used to it. And I don't just never think about it. Yeah, I agree. It has to be a conscious effort every single day. You're you know, exactly right. Uh, there is uh, a, 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 some work involved and some conscious effort in trying to obtain and maintain a, li a healthy lifestyle. Right. Yeah. All right. So let's switch gears a little bit and let's go back and tell us how did you uh, get into this world? How did you become plant-based? When I turned 50, I, I sort of had a little bit of, um, and I like to just call it what I thought it was a little bit of a spiritual awakening. You know, I had adopted a baby from China. She's no longer mm -hmm. a baby. Now she's 16 and driving. Wow. At the time she was about seven. She patted my belly and said, daddy, you're getting fat. And my mother who, uh, sad to say, God rest her soul. I, with the last time I saw her was two years ago today. She passed away two years ago, uh, suddenly from a heart attack uh, on, uh, on the 17th of February. But uh, she did the same thing. She sort of patted me one day and said, you're getting kind of chunky. And so I realized, like most people, I was getting older. I was achy. 
irritable, tired, you know, and, and so I thought I hadn't been to the doctor in a while. I hadn't really had a physical. So I went to my family doctor and I said, I just turned 50 and um, gaining weight and tired and I'm achy and I'm irritable and all of these things. And so we did my blood work and my cholesterol came back close to 300. Uh, my wow. CRP, which I was familiar with, but not to the level that I am today. A CRP is a C-reactive protein. It measures uh, inflammation in your body. And I learned that it uh, was a high indicator of heart disease and someone having a heart attack. And it was uh, 7.5. And at the time he said, well, we really want that to be below five. And I was sort of thinking, don't we want it now like closer to zero? <laughs> we really want it to be zero, not less than five. Less than five might be what all Americans accept, you know, but we want it to be zero. Absolutely. And he said, uh, we really want your cholesterol uh, to be under 200. And so when I started looking at diet and trying to become more educated about diet, I thought, let's see, we want our cholesterol to be under 200 in a society where dying of heart disease is the number one indicator. So I thought I better really work harder on that. So my cholesterol was off the chart. My CRP was off the chart. My triglycerides were off the chart and I was getting you know, fat around the belly. And so what did he tell me? He said, start eating oatmeal and turkey bacon and turkey and skinless chicken and salmon. And I, sort of thought, okay, and he said, you know, skim milk, and I sort of thought, okay, but as I left there, I thought, isn't that what everybody else is doing too, and they're not getting any healthier, and they're not losing weight, and they're the same people that are coming into our office having their leg, you know, had their leg just amputated, and so I really thought there, there has to be another way, and so what did I do? I started eating salmon and oatmeal and skinless chicken and turkey bacon. And I started losing a little bit of weight, but nothing really noticeable and nothing that really made me feel any better uh, mentally or physically. And that was around my birthday, which was in May. And a couple of months later, I went to a concert at an outdoor arena in, in Oklahoma City and that's when I ran into Dr. Jimmy Conway and his wife, Andrea, and I had worked with him previously and we were friends and I ran into him, hadn't seen him in a while. And, you know, I've told this conversation, I've told this story so many times that I ran into him and the first thing I thought was, wow, you guys look fantastic. <laughs> and then I uttered the words that always made me chuckle. And then I said, but y'all are vegan, right? With a look <laughs> on my face like, you know, you just ate some bad cottage cheese. And uh, Dr. Conway at the time uttered the phrase that I had never heard before. He said, well, we like to call it plant-based. And I said, what's that? I'd never heard the term plant-based before. And he said, well, we basically eat whole food that comes from the ground or from, you know, the earth and that uh, doesn't involve anything with a mother or a face. And of course, I'm like, well, what do you eat? And he told me a, a few things. And so I had remembered that Dr. Conway 
had had some heart issues and had undergone a procedure and they had told him that he needed a bypass and he said he was going to try diet instead. And so I said, now, what was that book you had told me about, you know, a year or so ago? And he said, the China study. And so I literally went home that night after the concert, went on the library's website, reserved the, the, uh, audio CDs at the time of the book, The China Study. I went the next day uh, and picked it up and I drove to Kansas City with my son for a soccer tournament. And my son was at the age where all he wanted to do was listen to music with his headphones on. And so I literally listened to five hours of The China Study on my way to Kansas City. And I was so blown away, really twofold. One with the science behind what we eat and the problems that it causes, but then really sort of the, the dogma of the, the food and drug industry. And so, you know, I sort of dogmatically say now that, you know, if, if you think the pharmaceutical industry doesn't want customers more than they want cures, you're sadly mistaken. The pharmaceutical industry just wants customers. And so if you look at all the ads that come out on television now, right? You've never seen an ad for a new antibiotic. This antibiotic, you're only gonna have to take for five days and it's gonna cure your problem. No, you hear a proton pump inhibitor, something for gastric reflux that you're gonna to have to take forever. Here's something to treat your type two diabetes that you're gonna to have to take forever. Here's something to treat your depression that you're gonna to have to take forever. And so all of these things just play into what the Esselstyns and, and, and some of these people that are much smarter than me have, have said that you know there's no money in dead people and there's no money in well people. All the money is in the middle, in the sick people. And so that, that's what we want to do in, in, the, in the healthcare system is keep you sick and keep you fat and keep you suffering and keep you in pain. And so uh, I was really, really sort of frustrated and angry, if you will, at the time, because I thought, you know, the, the food industry all they want to do is get us fat and sick. And guess what? Then I learned that a lot of these food companies are in bed or are owned with by the pharmaceutical industry. And so it's this whole, you know, mafia organized crime syndicate, if you will, of, of people all together that let's keep you sick. And then we're going to put you in the hospital. And then we're going to give you pills or procedures or a surgery and a bunch of medicine and, and, you know, keeping us, you know, re really unhealthy. You don't know if you want to really call it a conspiracy, but there is some sort of collusion. You're 100% right. I wouldn't call it a conspiracy, but yes, yeah. a, a collusion is really a, a good word for that. Yeah, but at the same time, they have an agenda, and their agenda is not us getting better and being healthy. Their agenda is to sell us food that tastes good at the expense of our health. Right. And, you know, I, I love when I see commercials for some of these fast food restaurants that, you know, they have a supermodel on there, you know, <laughs> eating this food, you know, and, and I'm like, 
I mean, how stupid do these people think we are? And when I say we, I'm talking about me, right? Oh, yeah, all these beautiful supermodels and Super Bowl athletes and, you know, all these people are eating this super unhealthy food. And we just sort of continue blindly walking down this path thinking, okay, all I need to do then is, you know, take some Zocor or Lipitor or some other, you know, statin drug and it's going to, you know, cure all my ills. And so that's what really got me motivated more than anything really jumpstarted me was the China study. So I finished the book on the way back home and immediately watched uh, Forks Over Knives. And so it holds a real uh, strong place in my heart, really, because I just feel like it's just really a foundational documentary. I feel like it's fantastic, right? And so I watched that and I really enjoyed that. And then I just sort of kept down that path. I watched uh, Frankensteer, which talks about the beef industry and the problems with, uh, you know, uh, mad cow disease or bovine spongiform encephalopathy and, you know, all the problems with that. I watched Food Inc. about the chicken industry. I watched What the Health, which really just shows you the, the collusion, if you will, again, of, of you know, these nonprofit foundations like American Heart, American Cancer, and really where they're going to get their money from. And then, uh, you know, from there, I just sort of kept uh, watching any documentary that I could find. And so that was, uh, you know, a week, a month process. And then I reached out to the Conways again. And I said, hey, I'm a, I'm a single guy with two young kids. And how do I go about doing this? And so uh, Dr. Conway and Andrea and I went and had dinner and just talked through some things. And so really what I did was I really sort of just adapted the simplistic food that I was already eating into a plant-based lifestyle, right? So things that I really like, I'm, I'm, I, I must say I'm kind of a simple guy when it comes to food. I don't need things that are real extravagant, but I absolutely has to have, have to have things that taste good. My go-to meal, the first sort of first day was black beans, brown rice, and yes, that canned Rotel. <laughs> I thought, you know, somewhere someone's saying, well, you shouldn't use that canned Rotel. But again, I thought it's a good start and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll start there. And so I did that and I sort of ate that for a couple of days just in a bowl. And then what I did was I got some guac and I threw some guac on it, right? Mm -hmm. And then I got some tortillas and I rolled it up into a tortilla. So I'm like, okay, I've got like three different meals here. Then I learned that I could put some, adapt it a little bit, put some corn in there and, and uh, some peppers in there and put some vegetable broth. And then I made sort of this, um, sort of a tortilla soup. And so I really just sort of, you know, started down that path of, okay, then I do like salads. So how can I adapt a salad to be heartier and, and, and just as healthy? and, you know, eat more of it. And I, I really just, just did that. Simple pasta dishes. I thought, okay, I can get some whole wheat pasta and get some 
you know, marinara sauce and get a bunch of grilled vegetables and put those on there. And, you know, I've got a hearty meal. So Andrea and I are sort of the bookends, you know, she makes these extravagant, you know, chickpea, you know, uh, chicken fried steak, you know, dishes out of chickpeas and things. And I'm like, yeah, why don't you just invite me over? <laughs> so um, when you made this change, d tell us about the impact then on your, your health, those numbers you were talking about and how you felt. I was at 209 when I, I went to the doctor and uh, he put me on a statin at the time when my cholesterol was like 199. And so I was on a statin for about four months, but my birthday was in May and I made the change in September. So, you know, I would been on a plant-based diet uh, for about a month when I ditched the Lipitor and my numbers had gone down drastically. I had them checked about six months after I had gone to the doctor. So I had been off the statins for about two months and my cholesterol was way down. I want to say my total was uh, 130 maybe. And that's when I sort of started focusing in on, you know, not, not totally on my lab numbers, but I wanted to get them down. But my weight just really plummeted. I went from 209 I've been down to about 166, which is a little bit thin for me. I'm 6'1", um, but I, I sort of hover around the 170-ish, 175 maybe. You know, I sort of hover around five, five degrees, uh, five, five pounds there. And so, but I did notice really right away that my energy went up, my sort of I think my irritability decreased because inflammation decreased and, and even sort of a, an overall mental mindset, right? That, and, and I think it's really important to know because when I tell people, when I meet people and I say, you know, I haven't had a bite of meat in nine years. They're expecting me to say I grew up in, you know, Boulder, Colorado, wearing Birkenstocks, right? And I say, the thing that you need to know about me was that for 15 years, every single morning, I had a sausage egg McMuffin and a large Dr. Pepper. And then at lunch, I might go get uh, a double cheeseburger from Sonic and I might get a meat lover's pizza for dinner. And so, you know, there was really, I mean, if someone said, are you eating healthy? I'd be like, well, yeah, I had, you know, fried catfish at lunch. <laughs> and so, you know, my life was just full of fast food and processed food and, and food that was, you know, creating disease and, and things like that. And so uh, one, one thing to point out as well is that my father died when I was 35. So when my father died, uh, he had had a five vessel bypass about 10 years earlier he had macular degeneration, and he had pulmonary fibrosis. And so he was really unhealthy. And so that was, I uh, sort of skipped over it a little bit, but that was really part of the onus as well, is that, you know, my daughter said, you're getting fat, and I noticed that I'm getting sort of achy and all that. And I sort of thought, you know, 
what's going to lead you to a different place than your father? You know, it's not like God's just going to reach down and say, oh, well, you've been a great guy your whole life. I mean, you know, bad things happen to nice people all the time. And so that's when I thought, you know, I I really need to sort of take control of this. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize at the time, you know, how important those words are is that uh, I think Dr. Pam Popper has said, and I've quoted her many times that, you know, if you feel like um, you're not in control or that you're being held hostage or you're not in control of your health destiny, you know, you're a helpless victim. And that we really can change the outcome of our health, our, our, our health destiny, our life destiny with what we put in our mouth. And so, um, you know, I quote a lot of these things all the time because I, I think they're extremely important and beneficial. And I, this may be a segue into the documentary, but in the documentary, I say that, you know, if you eat the same things that most Americans eat, you'll get the same diseases that most Americans get. You know, if you think about that, you know, you go into a vascular surgeon's office or cardiologist's office and you sort of look around and you think, wow, all these people are really sick and they're really unhealthy. And guess what? They typically are all eating the same things. And, you know, And you sort of start to wonder, maybe I ought to get off this road that all these people are on. And I I think that's where this education comes in of, you know, we can really change what we're doing. We can really change the outcome if we get educated and we have the, the, the knowledge and the drive to get healthy and to want to get healthy. Yeah, what we talk about is we're trying to empower people to take control of their own health. Right. Uh, and I mean, you very eloquently stated why they need to. And I like that. You're like, you know what? All these people do eat the same thing and look up, look where they end up. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said earlier about that cholesterol of 200. I say that all the time. A cholesterol of 200 ensures that 40% of Americans die of cardiovascular disease. Right. So boy, we don't want a cholesterol of 200. We want a cholesterol way down there. And what we know is that 98% of people who eat a whole food plant-based diet have a cholesterol less than 150. And we know that that almost makes them heart attack proof. I say almost because, you know, not, nobody's heart attack proof, but uh, uh, maybe a 5% risk of heart attack versus a 40% risk of heart attack. What would you rather have, right? Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think now, tell us, uh, you mentioned uh, ever so uh, nicely about yeah. the next question I had, which was, uh, tell us about the documentary. She's fanning out a little bit because you gave her, gave her a copy of it and, and signed it, and uh, we talk about it all the time. Yeah, we're passionate about sharing the information and, and providing tools like this, like the podcast, like the workshops that you're a part of, because we know that that's how we can start to teach people that they have more control than they believe they had. That's where people just need to be informed. I love physicians. I'm working around them all the time, but I tell people, your physician doesn't know anything about nutrition. And if they do, what they're going to tell you is more protein and low fat and skim milk and the things that the American Heart Association hands them to tell you. 
And those things aren't really science-based. We just need to get people thinking that they are in control of their health destiny, not their physician. And hopefully their physicians can help them, but that they they really need to take the first step. So, So how we got started with the documentary was we had a gentleman show up at one of our seminars and he, he looked like he was slightly unhealthy. And I said, Hey, how did you find out about us? And he said a week ago, or I may be exaggerating a little bit, but he said a week ago, I had a, a triple bypass and my doctor recommended I come here. And of course I'm like, well, who's your doctor? Mentioned Dr. Jeff Garrett in Oklahoma city. And so we reached out to him and he's a cardiothoracic surgeon here in town. And he said, oh yeah, I'm, I'm all on board. I'm plant-based and the whole bit. And so we met him and got to know him. Well, a few months later, he calls me up on a, on a Thursday night and says, this lady called and said she's met with the Esselstyns and she's met with all these people and she's putting together this documentary and it's just, they're just sort of asking people as they go about other people. And someone told them about us in Oklahoma City. And so he said, I told them they needed to reach out to you. And the next thing I know, they were pulling up in a big motorhome bus on Sunday, like three days later. And so we were filming a little segment for their, for their documentary. So uh, the documentary is uh, Eating You Alive. And it, it sort of has all the, at the time anyway, all the heavy hitters at the time uh, are, are in it. And a lot of new, you know, sort of up and coming uh, plant-based docs are in it as well. A lot of, uh, you know, Penn and Teller, Penn Gillette from Penn and Teller and Samuel L. Jackson and um, James Cameron, of course, from Titanic. So those folks are all in it as well. And so we got to share a little bit of our, passion and our uh, mission here in Oklahoma City as well. And so I, uh, I sort of tell people even today, as much as I love the documentary and as much as I love being a part of it and everything, I always tell people, start with uh, forks over knives. And then, especially, you know, I don't want to be sexist, but especially if you're a guy then go to Game Changers. Mm-hmm. I think for guys, Game Changers is really, it's just the perfect, it's just the perfect title for the movie. It is a Game Changer. And then maybe third is, is our documentary. And so uh, I, uh, I, I really like it. I, I think those documentaries do help people sort of get started. And then there's another little known documentary uh, by the Engine 2, by the Forks Over Knives folks called Kitchen Rescue. Uh, and it, it either it is or it was on Netflix. And one of the great things about that is Rip Esselstyn, Dr. Esselstyn's son, talks about sort of like what I did. The normal American household usually makes five or six things, six or seven things, Right. Monday's burger night, Tuesday's taco night, you know, and so how do we revamp those? And again, 
are you involved or are you committed? And if you're committed, you go in and you throw all of the frozen food, you know, the frozen meat and all that. And then I say, well, just donate it to a, to your friends or to your neighbors or, you know, to a food pantry, but get rid of all of those things because then you're really bought in, then you're really committed. And then as, as hard as it is for all of us, you know, if you don't buy those things, then they won't be in your kitchen, your pantry to eat. And so that one is a, uh, engine two kitchen rescue. And so it really, really is a, is a great one as well. So yeah, you'll certainly learn to make do with what you have. Yeah. I find myself all the time looking in the, in the fridge and in the pantry and go, okay, what can we come up with, you know, uh, with what we have, you know, beans and rice and what can we put with that and quinoa and uh, these other grains that at least I didn't grow up eating. You know, I had no idea what quinoa was until I started down this path. I believe me when I tell you I had no idea what kale was. And th this is the one that everybody laughs at and I get it, but I'm like, if you don't know, you don't know. I had no idea that canned spinach and that fresh spinach salad was the same thing. I just thought those, those have got to be two different entities, right? There's just no way those are the same thing. Right, right. I think it took us two or three months to actually make that visit. And we attended one of your seminars, one of your monthly seminars. Right. I walked out of there. I think I went up to you guys and just said, wow. And then I spoke to some of the people that attend who basically said that you guys are doing God's work. We sat there and took it in and talked about it. And I mean, it was just like this fire was lit within me. I said, oh, my goodness, we need to be doing this. I was just very inspired inspired by what you guys were doing and my handle at the time on um, Instagram was plant-based Maya before we left Oklahoma City it was plant-based DFW modeled after what you guys were plant-based OKC right so please tell our listeners about the work that you guys have done and I know you know pre-COVID but how did you get all of that started you were doing it at a hospital on a monthly basis at the time you had done it I think for five years right how did you get all of that started and what was your role in it as well you start talking and especially Dr. Conway was so instrumental in this so Dr. Conway was spending so much time telling people about lifestyle change and about diet change and about trying to reduce inflammation and pain in their shoulder and things like this, that he realized that I'm spending more time telling them about nutrition than I am about their shoulder. And so what if we get everybody together on a, we were doing them on Thursday night at the time and serve them a plant-based meal and give them some education and hopefully get them on their way. So the Conways went to uh, Cleveland to meet the Esselstons and Dr. Esselstyn does a, a more advanced version of our seminar where he looks at your lab results and from a medical standpoint. And so uh, Dr. Uh, Conway and Andrea brought that back. And so we started that. And I, I you know, we joke around, they had done one or two seminars before I kind of got on board. And I tell people, I went to a seminar and I just never left. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, we're sort of lifelong friends now. We've traveled together and done lots of neat things together. But uh, but we just started a Facebook page, started promoting recipes, and and 
I, I sort of just wanted to drip on people, right? I didn't want to beat people with a hammer. I wanted to tell them, hey, did you know that most people are fiber deficient, that virtually nobody in the United States is protein deficient? Did you know that fiber is only in plant foods? There's no fiber in meat. Did you know that cholesterol is only in meat? There's no cholesterol in fruits, plants, and vegetables. Did you know that and just these little, hey, did you know that not, you know, you shouldn't eat meat because it's horrible for you. And I got so many people commenting and asking me, and can we go to lunch? And can you help that? It, it really, I, you know, I, I sort of realized that, you know, whether you're a, a spiritual person or not, you know, the the Bible says, unto him that much has been given, much will be expected. And I, I think that really has been sort of laid upon us and you all as well, that once, you know, you sort of have this knowledge, you really feel like you, you want to help other people. And so we started doing it at the hospital and the cafeteria, and it just started growing and growing and growing. And pre-COVID, Virtually every month we had 50 people or so. And then I wanted to shortly after that do something else because I felt like just doing something once a month isn't enough. People want to keep going with their excitement like I do. And so we did a, a we just started calling it a health forum. We get together for dinner. You bring friends. Your friends don't have to be plant-based. Maybe they're not even interested in it. But they're just going to see healthy lifestyles. They're going to see healthy people and they're going to have some healthy food. And we talk about new research, new recipes that we might've come up with. Andrea talks about how you cook without oil, how you cook without milk and butter and things like that. And so it's about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. People come and eat, meet some new friends and they leave. And so that really has been instrumental as well. And uh, then uh, pre-COVID as well, we've had a little bit of a, a, a lull now, but a radio show where it's basically a podcast, if you will, but it's on the radio. And I, for one, really downplayed it in my mind because it was on an AM radio station. We were broadcasting at the time on a Tuesday. And I just kept thinking, Nobody's listening to this, right? <laughs> and lo and behold, I promise you, this man and his wife show up and at our seminar on a Saturday. And we said, so, hi, what's your name? Where are you from? And he said, I don't know how I found you all, but I'm a retired uh, orthopedic surgeon from Mississippi. And we've been listening to your radio show. And we came to your seminar. And wow. I thought, I will never take that radio show for granted again. Uh -huh. yeah. So these yeah. people drove all the way from, from Mississippi uh, to, to meet Dr. Conway and Andrea, really. I, I sort of say I'm just, the, I'm just the guy who gets everybody hyped up. So. Uh -huh. Sometimes you wonder who's listening. And then when I do, and I love statistics, when I sit down to actually look at the statistics of our hosting site for the podcast, I can't believe where in what countries like we've you know have a list of 50 different countries that where people listen to our podcast 
mainly the states and uh, Canada and Australia, but then you'll see that they're listening in Brazil. But the thing is that when you know it's going to people that need to hear it and people share it and they tell each other about it, it's true, you can never underestimate the power of the work that you're doing. When you guys talk about people in you know foreign countries, you know, listening to your podcast, I'm thinking, isn't that incredible? It's just this huge snowball effect that someone you know, listens to it and tells their their uncle in Georgia and it just, you know, it just snowballs from there. And, and it is great work. And I, I think the excitement is, is easy to be gained from it. And we have you to thank for that initial conversation and dinner that we had that your energy and your passion for this kind of rubbed off. We didn't know anyone in Dallas doing anything like what you guys were doing. And till this day, we don't really have another physician that we could partner with. We are hearing of more specialists that are becoming, you know, boarding and lifestyle medicine that are plant-based and things like that. But to, to put that energy, it takes a lot for physicians to take, you know, a weekend of preparation and, and really to train and inform the community and then still feed them because you guys provide delicious meals as well. That's a lot of work. It is a lot of work and Andrea has been excellent and instrumental in that. And, you know, I sort of say, I just sort of show up. So when we talk about our story, uh, you're a part of it. Uh, Rip Esselstyn's a part of it. Um, and because it, I, I particularly went to a lecture that he gave here in Dallas and he challenged some of my beliefs. And so it's uh, now I know that what we were doing, what happened to us is we heard it from different places and it kept just the message kept getting you know it was coming from we kept hearing the message right and, and eventually something about the message sunk in and caused us to have a little bit of a, a shift in our our attitude towards it and allowed us to then further investigate it and then get further into this lifestyle and so that's what i think that we do too is we just keep sharing the message and we hope that you know maybe from us maybe somebody will hear it from us maybe somebody will hear it from you maybe somebody will hear it from somebody else and eventually they'll hear that message uh, so, you know, I think that's uh, uh, the beauty of what we're doing. You know, they, they might come one time and it doesn't sink in. And then they might come back and it doesn't sink in. And then they hear that, you know, uh, Mark Cuban has gone plant-based, you know. <laughs> and, you know, you're like, wow. And so I, I think those, hearing those things and just dripping on people is uh, incredibly important. So, well, yeah. you know, Dr. Riz, I mean, going from someone who when we first initially met to what you've done is is really really admirable too because I know from being around Dr. Conway you know he told me he said the lifestyle medicine uh, certification exam was the hardest exam I've ever taken <laughs> we keep hearing that <laughs> I'll tell you the, the book I used to study for it was was really crazy it was just every single line was like high value, high target information. I was like, this is a 300 page book. How can I, how can I learn all this? Well, and I remember you guys posted uh, something that you were like studying flashcards or, or something, you know? Yeah. And, and I thought, you know, isn't this incredible that people that are brilliant, you know, that were top of their class, you know, are really having to study for this. And I've heard sort of quietly mentioned that, the failure rate on that test is pretty high. And I can't speak to that, but what I will tell you is that what it is is that it's, 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 it's so science-driven and data-driven. Okay, you know, we're not, we're not making this up. 
Okay, this is there's science behind everything that we talk about, uh, and and so therefore, you know, on that exam, they want you to understand the science. They want you to understand the data, so that you're not just preaching something to somebody about some fad diet. You know, uh, we are actually talking and teaching people about real information that can change their lives because there's a data to support what we're teaching. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I had no problem with the fact that we had to learn all that. And I will add, Randy, that when his book arrived, because it, is it called, is it the manual or the handbook? Because we have two. I can't remember. But the, the one, the study guide for risk, when it first arrived, I said, oh, okay, well, I'm going to read it because I read everything, right? So I was like, I need to be just as informed. That's always been my mentality is like, I need to read everybody's book. So it arrives and I start going through it. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't. This is too much. I, it, there is no fluidity to it. It's just like objective this to accomplish this to and so I told him I can't do it but I sat with him and studied it and now I'm a psych major I've always loved the scientists the sciences I love statistics I love learning but I found it a little bit more difficult and then I it's got pretty dry reading <laughs> it is and then I bought the other copy by Dr. Beth Frades which is the uh the graduate level handbook it's it's either called the handbook or the manual but it's for um, basically get, getting your master's or I think PhD in lifestyle medicine. So I went through that book and I fell in love. And when he was taking the exam, I was studying that book for myself, just at the pool reading it. But I will tell you one thing about the exam, Randy, because I thought it was so funny. So we stayed after the conference, that was in 2019. We stayed after the conference so that he could take his exam. And he was given four hours. I stayed at the hotel room at the time. He comes back two hours later and I'm just like, why are you here? I panicked. And he said, either I knew it or I didn't. Right. right? Yeah. It really goes to show you the, the magnitude of, of the science behind that and the people behind it and, and, you know, the benefit that it's going to be for a lot of people. So, And also, I think that it's important that they maintain a high standard uh, because that does mean that that, that certification has meaning. Uh, you know, if they just passed it out like water, then it wouldn't. And so, you know, we have to be ambassadors of this movement and therefore, you know, we've earned it. And now hopefully people will recognize that and say, okay, you know, these people do know what they're talking about. You probably find this rewarding as well when people reach out and they say, they say to you, um, I've been attending your workshops or I've been listening to you. And now, you know, I have changed my diet. My cholesterol is improving. My blood pressure is improving when we get that feedback it makes me want to do more right like it's just like well we got to keep going because people are listening and we got to keep the momentum going I feel like I can identify with what you were saying earlier so we were doing about two or three events a month that included monthly walks because we do promote lifestyle medicine and then COVID hit everything got canceled. So what has life been like for you guys? You know, you mentioned that, that, oh, about uh, three or four weeks ago, uh, I had someone just reach out to me and he's been to a bunch of our stuff. I wouldn't say that he's a hundred percent plant-based, but he certainly made some great strides in that uh, area. You know, if I may interject real quick, and, and our goal, I, I think, is not to make people have to live in exactly our lifestyles. Our goal is to try to make people understand a healthier approach to life, incorporate more, more plants, more fruits and vegetables and grains and legumes, um, 
and, and, and find their balance. I, I think that once people start on that path and they see what it's doing for them, they continue to go. But I just want people to eat more fruits and vegetables and be healthier, you know, as a society. Uh, he just reached out to me and said, hey, I got no agenda. Uh, let's get together for lunch. And so we went to a Thai place, you know, where we met. And he said, man, I just, I wanted to get together and hopefully some of your, you know, information would rub off on me a little bit more. And I said, great. And I said, you know, for me, having someone reach out to me and say, I'd sure like some information or I'd sure hope for some of your passion or excitement to rub off on me, that sort of recharges, you know, my battery as well. And, you know, when you see the, the benefit and the uh, excitement and the lifestyle change in people, it sure does get you re, re-energized and sort of, you know, get you excited. At least it does for me. So, and, and to see you guys and, you know, I mean, you, you guys look fantastic and to see all the great work that, that you all are doing, you know, I, I keep saying I've been wanting to do this for a, a few years now, but, uh, you know, maybe after COVID, I want to do a, uh, uh, some sort of weekend retreat, if you will, where it's not just packed in a classroom about, you know, nutrition. It's walking. Maybe, you know, I just think that sometimes people think, well, I'm going to have to run a marathon. And I say, no, you just got to get off the couch, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. let's just talk about, you know, some some relaxation techniques and stress management and, you know, lectures from Dr. Riz and lecture from, you know, Maya on how to, you know, make, you know, our favorite recipes, (laughs) something that's very relaxing, engaging, uh, a a real um, moai, if you will, to to quote from the the blue zones, you know, a group of like-minded people. And, uh, you know, get people sort of re, re, uh, energized. And so maybe we'll work on that. Oh, I think those are great ideas. And we've been wanting to. In fact, we had a retreat already planned and in the <laughs> works. And we were signing people up. And it was for April of 2020. And, of course, uh, uh, then COVID hit, uh, you know, and, you know, you started to hear about it in February. And then it really hit more hard in March. And we were struggling is, is there any way we can do this? And, you know, of course the responsible thing was, and we canceled it. So yeah, we're, we're very interested in those things. We want to uh, bring people in and, uh, and teach them and show them how it can be done and that it's, uh, it's not as uh, uh, difficult as they might think. And then, and incorporate and ours, uh, you know, we are uh, all about the whole lifestyle aspect of it as well. The idea of coming together and relaxing and enjoying one another again. I think people are really realizing that this is the time when we need to take care of ourselves. And I don't want to drag this on too much, but you know, Riz now is seeing patients that have COVID develop blood clots and oh gosh, dying an awful death. Yeah, we've been we've been talking a lot about how uh, whole food plant based nutrition can make you healthier and. Uh, and uh, hopefully uh, more immune to the complications of uh, the coronavirus if you catch it, you know. I saw something on uh, HBO, I I believe, uh, a week or two ago about they're calling these long haulers, people that are having these long uh, symptoms and lasting uh, uh, symptoms of the uh, coronavirus. 
And that was what was really something that sort of got my attention. You know, you hear of all these people that say, oh, I tested positive and I had sniffles for two days. And then you hear someone who says, you know, yeah, now I can't breathe. I can't walk across the street because my lungs are constricted. And I'm thinking, you know, this is a crazy, crazy deal. So, yeah, there's definitely a subgroup of people uh, that have significant long term adverse effects and, th and they could quite possibly per be permanent. Uh, cardiovascular issues, pulmonary issues, um, uh, brain fog, uh, 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 myalgias and kind of chronic fatigue syndromes. So yeah, uh, there's a uh, hair falling out, uh, altered taste uh, even afterwards. So there's a lot of these uh, long-term sequelae which are you know, significant and meaningful. So it's not just something that if you survive and you get through it, you're completely over it all the time. So Randy, do you guys have any other programs uh, right now virtually that you're offering the community? So we haven't done uh, a virtual either a health forum or a, uh, a seminar yet. And maybe I'm just wrong on this one, but I just wondered if, you know, do people really want to sit for, you know, our seminar is about three hours long. And I just think that's a long time for people to sit and not be sort of actively engaged like we are here. And so uh, we, we've, we've thought about because with sort of, as you've seen and know as well, you know, we had this sort of flatten the curve and then we started with our having our seminars again and on a very small scale of in a big room of maybe 10 people or so. Uh, and then we sort of had another spike again and people didn't want to come to the health forum. So we've, we've thought about doing maybe an hour long uh, health forum virtually where we, have Andrea maybe show how to make one of her favorite dishes and talk about some, you know, I, I think a lot of people, as you probably know now, Dr. Riz, people are wanting to know, what do you think about the vaccine? And what do you think about this? And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I you know, I always say people want to hear from the doctor, right? I gave a talk yesterday uh, online. And, uh, and a lot of the questions afterwards were focused on uh, the virus and the vaccine and stuff like that. Yeah. It's hard to design something to keep someone engaged for, you know, a long period of time. And, uh, and there are definitely already a lot of things out there. There's a lot of summits going on and a lot of information. And sometimes I wonder if, are we just adding a little bit of something to something where people have already been saturated, you know? So we've got to find a, a new and inventive way to engage people and, and help them out. Right. And, and then, you know, as my alluded to, though, you sort of think that you're just sort of, you know, preaching to the choir. And then all of a sudden someone shows up and says, you know, I came and I, I changed my diet. I changed my lifestyle and I quit smoking and I, you know, whatever else they were doing. And I've lost 25 pounds and my cholesterol's dropped or, you know, we hear all sorts of crazy stuff. I yeah. say crazy, meaning good stuff, you know, yeah. people. Crazy, unbelievable in the sense that because it doesn't happen uh, every day to everyone. Uh, you know, the preaching to the choir thing, I, I, I say that all the time because so many, uh, 80, 90% of the people who show up to my talks in the past are already vegan or plant-based. And But at the same time, you know, we go to church every Sunday. Right. Right. To hear that message again, to reinforce that message. So we're helping them as well. So it's okay that we're preaching to the choir sometimes. 
I like it as well. It, 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 to me, you know, when we went to the international plant-based conferences, you know, you hear things that you already know. And so you feel good that you're reaffirming your knowledge and, and what you know, and then you pick up these new nuggets of stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. you think, Absolutely. wow, I didn't realize that. I didn't know that. And so, you know, one little plug here, Maya, that I want to make um, that I, I sort of forgot to mention, and that is that um, Dr. Conway took it. And then as soon as he took it, I took it as well, was the uh, plant-based certification course from Cornell online. Oh, yes. And yes. that is a course that I really, really felt was extremely beneficial. It was well thought out. It was well developed. It was well delivered. And it had a lot of aspects for me that I wouldn't normally think about uh, that had to do with pollution and, and things about the environment that I was really impressed with the way they delivered it. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I was like, if somebody wanted to tell me about some environmental issues, I would be like, okay. And when they started talking about them, they talked about them in such informative, enlightening ways that you really felt like this is just, this isn't about politics. This is about gaining knowledge, right? You know, you're thinking, I had no idea that when you fertilize your yard, it runs off into the gutter, into the drain, into the river, and it runs down and you know all these rivers run down to the oceans and you know you're scratching your head going what and so being enlightened on some of that stuff is is really important so that's just a little plug for that course i really enjoyed i love that course and we both did it you learn about the powers that be that are playing the roles in all of this and food policy. I think that one was the hardest one because as a former school teacher, I remember seeing the horrible food that the children eat in the cafeteria and how that's why when when a person that doesn't know says, oh, we just need to go into the schools and teach them how to eat plant-based. It's like, no, there's a big giant behind all of that that will not allow you. There are bigger forces at play. (laughs) Bigger forces. Yeah, yeah. We've become extremely interested in, and particularly the environment, right? Uh, because it all it is all tied together. It is. I'm very proud of the fact that probably the single most important thing that we as an individual can do for the environment is to be whole food, plant based, right? Our impact we have a a significant, uh, significantly lower impact or negative impact on the environment than you know a standard American diet eater, right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, that's, uh, I think that the, the eCornell course is, uh, is, a, is a great course, uh, very well-rounded. Uh, going back to the documentary, tell us about that famous quote that we see even in the trailer. It was, I think it was 2017, maybe, 16, maybe. I'm watching the Super Bowl, and it, like during a commercial, I flipped through Facebook, and I got a text from the folks with the documentary, and they said... Uh, you've got to see the trailer. And I pull up on Facebook and I click on the trailer and the first person on the trailer is me saying, people aren't living longer, they're dying longer. And so, you know, then I come to realize that that trailer has been seen millions and millions of times, right? And so then I was a little bit sort of surprised that, I don't know if you noticed, but that line is not in the documentary. It's only in the trailer. (laughs) And so I thought, 
well, I thought that was a pretty good line myself, and you did, you put it in the trailer, but not in the documentaries. So. I didn't notice. I did. I guess I didn't make the connection. Yeah. It stands out so yeah. much in my mind that quote because when I want to explain to people that I love why they should eat healthier, it's because of that quote. You just said it. That's all people need to hear. I actually use a corollary of your quote in my talks, and that's say I usually say I say something like, "We're spending the last ten to fifteen years of our lives dying." That's exactly right. You know, I talk about my dear mother a a lot because, uh, you know, she hasn't been gone very long and she was relatively healthy her whole life. She lived to be 89. She, the only real major health issue is that uh, one day she just fell out in the, in a department store and uh, had a bradycardia, sick sinus and put a pacemaker in her. So she wore a pacemaker for like 25 years. And so, but uh, I I tell people, I go, I'm very, very fortunate in the, um, with the instance that my mother suddenly died of sudden cardiac arrest. I go, as sad as that is, it was very easy. I was at the hospital. Uh, they, They called me and said, Hey, your mom's having some chest pain and she says she's having difficulty breathing. We're going to call an ambulance. I was just about a mile down the road. And when I pulled up to the independent living facility she was living at, they were pulling out in the ambulance with lights and sirens on. And so I knew that wasn't good. And when I got that, I lost them at a stoplight. And when I got to the hospital, I went to get you know information and they said, okay, we'll have someone come out in a minute as soon as we get things settled. And a man came out and said, you know, are you looking for your mother? And I said, yes. And he said, well, I'm one of the chaplains. And I said, well, this can't be good. And he took me in there and said, your mother has gone into full cardiac arrest and they've been working on her. And I said, I'd like to talk to the ER doctor. I said, you know, I'm a realist. And we grew up being a God-fearing family. If my mother's heart stopped 20 minutes ago, she's on her way to heaven. And I'm perfectly fine with saying, you know, let, let's, let's stop all of this. And so he came in and said, well, you know, we barely got it restarted. And I don't know if it's going to sustain. And I said, again, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not my job to determine when my mother's time is to go to heaven. And I think I'm a firm believer that when an 89 year old person's heart stops, it it didn't stop because it needed a rest. It stopped because it was worn out. And if I want to be spiritual and think, you know, I I don't want to be selfish that if it's my mother's time to go, it's, it's her time to go. And so I, I felt, I felt fine with that, but you know, I've, I've spent most of my life in long-term care dealing with geriatric patients as a therapist. And, you know, we do, we, we sort of just give people so many pills and do all of these things when I think, wow, we're just sort of prolonging this. Not, not that I have all the answers or, you know, any of the solutions, but it, it's a, I, I, I just say it's a broken system for sure. And, I like you. I just want to do anything I can to sort of help help fix it. So you know, they say we spend uh, the statistics show that we spend fifty percent of our healthcare dollars in the last two years of life. Yeah, yeah. and and that's really uh, when people are declining fast. 
and we're just throwing money at it to try to stop it, but we're not really making a significant impact. We're not prolonging their lives. We're just doing a lot of procedures and throwing a lot of pills at them in that, those two years. Okay, so uh, we've had you here for a long time, and I've really enjoyed this, and I have one final question for you before we wrap up. How did you do with that CRP that your doctor wanted below five? Yeah, so the last time I had it checked, it, uh, it was down dramatically. And I honestly can't remember what the number was, but I, I want to say it was, it was really, really down. Hopefully close to zero. Yes. And I, I was going to say it was like, you know, under one. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've done in the last oh, few months is I've added psyllium husk mm -hmm. to my diet as well. Yeah. So under one is normal, which is good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. So you must have done something right. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm like everybody else, you know, people, I think they think I'm immune to a lot of this stuff, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm right there with you fighting the battle. So, well, for our listeners, if they want to sort of stay in touch, are you on social media? I yeah, it's just with my name, Randy Titoni. It's okay. pretty easy to find. And then also, what about um, if they want to tune in and listen to your radio show? Is that still going on? They can go to Dr. Conway's website, or it's with, with Dr. Conway's uh, orthopedic practice, but it's uh, plantbasedokc.com. And so they can get information about that. They can get information about our seminars and sort of anything else that we have going. And Hopefully, as you resume more things, there will be more information and resources for them. You know, is there one parting message that you'd like to leave the audience, you know, that, uh, that you'd like to share? No matter how unhealthy you are today, no matter how unhealthy your family is, no matter what um, socioeconomic or what nationality you are, you have the power today to change your life destiny. You have the power today to change your health by what you put in your mouth. Everything that we eat either feeds or fights disease and disability. And you need to be responsible and be educated about that fact every day. And so hopefully you'll uh, be inspired to make some good choices. Awesome. Awesome. You either feeds or fights. I like that. That like is that. so good. Well, Randy, thank you so much. It was so nice to see you again. And thank you for being on our show. It's really good to see you guys again. I feel like we're old friends and I'm sorry that, you know, we just, our, our paths haven't crossed a whole lot, but, uh, Next time I'm in Dallas, I'll uh, look I'll us up. Yeah. Let's, let's get together. All right, Randy. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. Thank All right. You. Thanks so much. See y'all again. You've been listening to the Plant Based DFW podcast show. If you like our content, please like, share, and leave a review. Our goal is to provide quality episodes to help support the community.